Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Bat Flip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic data-driven fantasy baseball analysis. I'm your host, Toby. Today is a fun podcast. The guys I'm analyzing are fun. We got Alex Bregman, my favorite baseball player. The guy has skills for days, although my my analysis of him may be a little disappointing um, because I don't necessarily love where he's going right now in ADP, but I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. I'll, I'll draw on about, about that for a while. Uh, Ronald Acuna is another guy, obviously shooting up draft boards this year. I'll let you know whether I think that is deserved or not. Special talent, for sure. Christian Yelich is going to be the third person we cover on the podcast. I absolutely love Yelich. I love some of the progress he made last year with the Brewers. I love his hard-hit fly ball rate. I will talk about it for way too long on the podcast, but I guess that is why uh, you listen to this podcast, because you enjoy conversations about elite hard-hit fly ball rates. Um, That's why I appreciate you. So thank you very much uh, for listening. Um, As always, if you enjoy the podcast and the analysis, please do go to iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. Give us a five-star rating and leave a nice review. Uh, Tell your friends, retweet the podcast, just share it out there. Uh, I would really appreciate it. Obviously, putting a lot of energy and effort into producing these podcasts because I, I absolutely love doing them and I'm passionate about fantasy baseball. Uh, So it's always nice to hear good feedback and for others to help out by just spreading the word. Just click that little retweet button um, if it's all you can do. You can follow me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy, Instagram at BatFlipCrazy, Facebook at BatFlipCrazyFantasy. The blog is BatFlipCrazy.com. I got some YouTube videos up on the YouTube. Uh, Just search for BatFlipCrazy. Put in a little bit of a hiatus on creating the videos just because, to be honest with you, uh, downloading them um, or uploading them uh, to uh, YouTube takes like an hour because uh, I have a really slow internet speed at my house and so it's just not worth it. Um, so I'm going to put a little bit of pause on those. If you do like those, then um, you know, hit me up. I'm, I'm game to make them. I make them at the same time that I'm making the podcast, but it does add a little bit of a, uh, of a nuisance in terms of the upload, but um, I'm here for you. So without further ado, super exciting podcast, Alex Bregman, Ronald Acuna, Christian Yelich. I will probably not have three more interesting and exciting players for a number of different reasons on any podcast the rest of the year. Um, Yeah, let's get this party started. All right, first up today is probably my favorite player in Major League Baseball. That's Alex Bregman. I just love watching Bregman hit. The approach at the plate, contact skills, the power, everything I just love about Bregman, which is going to make, I think, this analysis a little bit difficult. I'm trying to be objective in my love for Bregman. And in, in in overview of you know, everything. He's obviously a very solid player. He's not going to lose you any fantasy baseball leagues or championships this year, barring injury. But I do have some concerns on two of the most scarce categories in fantasy baseball, average and stolen bases. Um, in an OBP league, you can disregard this because in OBP leagues, he is money. But let's let's dive in and I'll talk a little bit about, about um, some of my concerns as we as we move forward. So Bregman, one of the beauties of Bregman next year is going to be that he is going to continue to maintain third base and shortstop eligibility. So that's a little bit of a bonus check mark next to his name. As I've mentioned before on the podcast, with the 10-day DL, with guys not necessarily playing the full 162 games, even 155 games, and with all the platooning that happens now in baseball as, as teams try to get an advantage, uh, multi-position eligibility is really critical. So that is a really big check mark in uh, Bregman's um, favor. His early average draft position in the 10 two early mock drafts is 11.9, so around 12th on average. But he's been going pretty consistently between 10 and 14 in most drafts. In those 10 drafts, 14th was the latest that he went. So folks who are hoping for him to fall into the you know, early second round, 
uh, late first round. You know, 14th pick is obviously late first round, but you you know what I'm saying. He, you're going to miss him, I think, when you get to the turn. And I wouldn't be surprised if he if he moved up slightly as people kind of dig into the skills a little bit more. I do think the skills make him incredibly appealing. The combination of plate discipline and contact skills is just uh, elite does not do it justice. Uh, I think Jose Ramirez is really, you know, and maybe Joey Votto, but not even Votto because it doesn't have the same contact skills, can, are the only ones that can really, comp- uh, really have the skills that we're talking about. Uh, Jesse Winker, who I'm sure I'll cover in a, in a very later podcast, does make a run at it, but, but we'll talk on, on him way down the road. So plate appearances, uh, 626 and 705 the last two seasons, uh, 217 uh, the year before that. That was his rookie season. Overall, for the batting average, you got to like a lot of pieces. Um, He's got about a league average BABIP over the years, 289 this year, which is his lowest mark to date. You know, you might be thinking, oh, with a guy like, you know, Bregman, he's, he's got decent speed. Um, he hits a lot of line drives, you know, maybe you would expect that BABIP to be elevated, but when we dig into his batted ball profile, he hits a few too many pop-ups and fly balls, um, that are kind of cans of corn, uh, for that number to be too good. So that's one thing to consider around average strikeout rate down to 12.1% this year. Uh, his contact rate is at 88.5%. That's his overall contact rate. Uh, that is 11.5% above league average. 91.8% in zone contact. So his overall contact is actually higher than league average for just in zone contact. That's how great he is. So those are really elite. And a lot of times those are a staple for a consistently high batting average, that low strikeout rate, those contact skills. But again, you know, if he ever does get the batted ball profile to where he's hitting more line drives and hard drives, um, you know, kind of lower fly balls that go for extra base hits and home runs, um, you know, there will be a really special batting average attached to it. But for right now, um, we, we haven't seen that yet. We've seen a little bit too much fly ball and grind ball, ground ball. Um, and, and I'll get to that in a little bit. On base percentage, uh, on base percentage, he's, he's great. Um, 17.7% O swing this year, which is just incredible. Three straight, two straight years of improvement there. 394 OBP this year aligns with the 397 um, expected on base percentage, which is terrific. Doesn't swing at a lot of pitches. He's really looking for his pitch. 13.6% walk rate. You know, that is great if you're in an OBP league. In an average league, it's also solid for the runs that he's able to generate. But consider that, you know, he's not putting a lot of balls in play. And so, you know, when it comes to his RBIs, obviously he did well this year, but just something um, to uh, to consider there when you are in an average league. Obviously, I am just splitting hairs right here as I'm looking for weaknesses. Run percentage, 14.9%. Three straight years at about 14% runs per plate appearance. That looks pretty solid uh, right there. 14.9% this year, getting close to 15%. You know, a lot of um, not a lot of his value, but some of his value will depend on where he bats um, for the Astros. Does he bat second behind Springer, you know, providing more opportunities for runs, fewer opportunities for RBI? Does he bat third um, after Altuve, giving him tons of opportunity for RBI and runs? I would love to see him batting third, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. We'll get more clarity as that approaches but you can count on a uh, solid above league average run per plate appearance with that OBP um, and the decent speed. He's a, he has a 27.8 um, mile per hour sprint score on StatCast. 27 is league average. So he's above league average, but he's not as fast as you think, which is one of the things that I'm going to get to in a second. You know, he's, he's similar to guys like Chris Bryant, you know, so you don't really think of Chris Bryant as a speedster necessarily. Uh, home runs, 31 home runs this year coming on 27.9 expected home runs. So, you know, slightly outperformed his expected home runs, um, but not, you know, not, not by too much. Obviously the 31 home runs was a huge bonus for Bregman. Uh, not necessarily something that folks were expecting that much power, at least this early or in his profile when he was a prospect. And so that is just a huge huge boon. I mean, I'm telling you, I love, I absolutely love, love, love Bregman. And so maybe take any criticism that I 
provide about him as me kind of psychologically playing games with myself and not allowing myself to fully uh, 100% uh, uh, buy in uh, buy into him. Maybe that's too in-depth psychology, but I don't know. Think about it. Uh, ISO, everything supports, you know, or there's a lot of support for the power. The hard hit rate actually isn't that high, 35.4% uh, this year, right around league average. Ground ball rate uh, down at 34.6%. This has been a huge area of emphasis um, for Bregman. When you hear him talk about hitting, he's trying to hit the ball in the air. He's trying to do damage. Uh, 14% home run per five ball this year. Uh, that is actually higher than any previous year. Uh, 12.5% two years ago and 10.2% last year. His expected home run per fly ball rate is around, right around 12.6%. And I think this is, as we get into kind of the the deeper metrics of his home run numbers, this is where I think the 31, you know, he can always have growth. Um, he's still super young. There's definitely plenty of time for him to improve his power metrics. But, you know, there's nothing that really jumps out um, as the reason why he um, why he he hit so so many home runs, hard hit fly ball rate thirty eight point seven, right around league average of thirty seven point five percent. Hard hit pulled fly ball rate thirty six percent, thirty two point six percent league average. That thirty six percent is a really good sign. Um, he he has been pulling the harder hit stuff in the air more, which I think helps helps uh, point to why there was the increase in home runs. His barrel numbers don't really jump off jump out at you right around league average 5.4% this year. So above league average 3.7% last year below league average 4.6 the year before that his average home run distance is well below league average 384 this year compared to 390 last year 388. So you can kind of see a lot of league average power metrics, um, which, you know, again, like when we go back and look at his, his home run rate, 4.4%. He was a little bit of a compiler when it came to home runs with over 700 uh, plate appearances, um, but still that is uh, above league average. But a lot of league average metrics when it comes to his power. So that's one of the things. I think the 31 home runs, you know, that may be, uh, from what we've seen in terms of his skills, that may be the high of what we're going to see. Again, you know, you folks are probably going to quote me in a year after he hits 41 home runs like Jose Ramirez, you know, this year and, and takes another leap. But that's just one thing to consider. Again, he has elite bat-to-ball skills, so that is something that he is capable of doing. But I don't see it in the numbers um, right now. From RBIs, he had a 14.6% RBI per plate appearance rate. That got him 103 RBI this year. Again, he had 704 plate appearance appearances this season, which, you know, if he stays healthy, he can definitely uh, repeat that number. But it's not necessarily what we want to project him for because it assumes really strong health. You may be hearing um, my cat a little bit in the background who is freaking out and wants me to let them out. Maybe they're just telling me to hurry up on the Alex Bregman analysis. I'm not sure. Uh, anyways, um, expected uh, weighted on base average. Everything with the expected metrics um, pretty much lines up with what Bregman did last year. So that is you know, all really good in terms of supporting what he was able to do. The stolen bases is the major area of concern for me. 10 stolen bases last year after 17 stolen bases the year before that. His stolen bases per plate appearances dipped from 2.7% last year to 1.4% this year, actually below league average. This stops him from being a six-category contributor. And what's uh, more concerning is the 71.4% stolen base success rate. That's below the kind of magic number of 75% that we want to see uh, from a guy when he's stealing bases that makes it actually worth the stolen bases. And last year he was at 77.3%, which again, you know, that number is above league average, but it does, it's not, it doesn't jump out at you. And so he wasn't as successful, you know, this year in those stolen bases. And there was a, there was a, a, a equally big dip in his stolen base opportunities. Well, he had the stolen base opportunities, 281 this year compared to 245 last year, but he dipped down to 5% in terms of the attempted stolen bases on those opportunities, down from 9% the year before. And so that's the major area of concern for me for Bregman. When we're looking at guys, you know, that he's going up against maybe, um, uh, you know, your Trey Turners, 
even even guys like a Freddie Freeman who's hit over 300 two out of three seasons, who has more of the legit power, as I would call it. I mean, Bregman's power is legit, but it's not jumping off the page um, legit. Guys like that, you know, he's still stealing bases at a Freddie Freeman rate, you know, and that is um, something that is a little bit concerning uh, for me. When we look at his rolling average graphs, there's also, um, you know, a little bit of a concern for me in terms of his, um, just waiting for it to load here, make sure that I'm giving you accurate information, his hard hit rate. His hard hit rate took a huge dip towards the end of last year. It was actually in the 20s um, for a period of time. You know, his, his rolling 40 game average was in the 20s. It, it ended up at 26.6. He peaked around, um, you know, in the mid 40s. Again, up and downs, up and downs of the season. But this is a particularly, particularly low, um, you know, dip in hard hit rate. Pretty low and consistent, you know, over the last you know, I don't know, the last month and a half of the season with a sub-30 hard hit rate. It could be that he wore down. You know, his plate discipline and his contact skills are just insanely good. I mean, I can't say enough about how awesome they are. And that makes him a fairly safe pick in my, you know, in my book. But, you know, that dip in hard hit rate is a little bit concerning. You know, not being able to maintain that. And then when we get up to his X stats, um, you know, which breaks down batted balls into six categories, he hits a lot of pop-ups. And pop-ups are the worst type of batted ball that you can have. 18% is league average. He's at 22.5%, you know, this year. And so that's not necessarily where we want to see him at. Those are essentially batted strikeouts. And so they whittle away a little bit of the... um, the good graces that he gets with the lower K rate. So again, Bregman has an incredibly solid approach at the plate. He's a very solid buy. You know, I tweeted out yesterday about how I don't think I'd get a lot of him at his current ADP. And I think that that'll probably be true. I can definitely see where he earns what he's doing right now. He's obviously done it before. I do think that, you know, you know, the batting average, it's very good, but it's not elite. You know, when you think of a guy like Jose Altuve, Altuve, if if healthy, I think he's going to give you, you know, like a, a 320 and 20 stolen bases. Bregman's giving you, you know, 285, you know, maybe 290 and, you know, 10. And those are the two categories that I'm really looking for in the first round. And I mentioned it Freddie Freeman, and I think he's a really good example, right? If you had to bet, you know, who is going to hit more home runs, Freddie Freeman or Bregman, my guess is you'd probably go with Freeman. He has a longer track record, more consistent, a little bit of a dip. I'll get to that later in the podcast. You know, when you talked about average, you're probably going to give that to Freddie Freeman. When you're going at stolen bases, it's probably a push at this point when I look at the skills. And so, you know, for me, those are three really important categories you know, the counting stats, you know, they're going to fluctuate a little bit here and there, but they're both going to be, you know, around 90 to 100 in both of those categories. So do I feel comfortable bumping Bregman up? If I'm going to bump him up and I'm going to bump him up above guys like Freddie Freeman or you know, even a guy like Nolan Arenado, which I'd probably have Bregman there over Arenado. But if I'm going to bump him up there, what I'm saying is that I anticipate that Bregman's growth curve is going to continue. I don't think that that's wrong necessarily, but you're going to be betting on him to do something in the average in the stolen base department that, you know, that the skills for me aren't necessarily supporting. And so for me, I'm going to be looking at at folks like Altuve, probably not Freeman. I'll, I'll hope to get him early in the second round, but I could see Freeman, you know, going Freeman there. Um, guys like Trey Turner is another example who I'd, who I'd have above him. Christian Yelich is a guy who I'd have above him. Even J.D. Martinez, he doesn't have the speed, but he did steal six bases last year, and the average is so elite and and supported by the skills that I'd have trouble um, passing him up. Francisco Lindor is maybe a, a, a good comp for Bregman, you know, in terms of where, you know, what you're looking at in terms of the, um, 
you know, overall counting stats, things like that. But Lindor, you know, he's proven the power more. He's proven the stolen bases more. And I think they'll end up with similar enough batting averages where I'd have to give Lindor, um, you know, the bump there. Even a guy like Manny Machado. Machado's hit 290. He has 30 home runs. You know, he's gotten close to those triple digits in terms of runs in RBI or has done them in different seasons. In a better location, he might be able to do that. And he's got the stolen bases that are on the on the upswing with a better stolen base percentage. So you can see where I'm kind of headed with this analysis. I've probably gone way too deep on Bregman, but I feel like I need to justify why I might not be as sold on him at that you know 11 to 12 spot and why I might be considering others above him. Again, he's got things like the dual eligibility, so it's not going to be a bad pick. And the plate discipline and the contact skills give him a very strong floor. I'm just not sure whether I am going to buy into more growth um, from him in the upcoming year. I wouldn't be surprised, and I'd be perfectly happy for him to do it. But that's why I'd probably slot him at the end of the first round, early second round, in terms of where I think his value is going to be for the upcoming season. Next up is probably the most exciting young player in baseball, not named Alex Bregman, uh, no, just kidding. That's just me. Uh, Ronald Acuna, uh, outfielder for the Atlanta Braves, currently going at an average draft position in the 10 to early mocks of 14.8. You know, we obviously don't have a huge or a long track record with Acuna, but we know from his prospect pedigree, he is a potentially generational talent when it comes to the combination of power and speed and what he's been able to do at his age so far. Let us jump in. 487 plate appearances last year, 293 batting average. X-Stats doesn't actually support that, though. It has him at 265. Um, so that's one thing to consider. With Acuna, you know, his contact rate is not uh, superlative, um, and so the possibility of having a lower batting average is there. Now, the 265 expected batting average, that's still above league average of 258. It's obviously not the 293 and he makes some incredible contact. And so, you know, having a high Babbitt, I don't think is going to be an issue for him, which he showed with 352 Babbitt this year. Strikeout rate, 25.3%. So slightly above league average. His contact rate and Z contact are both below league average as well. So not necessarily surprising there for the 25.3%. One thing, and we'll get to this with his rolling average, is to consider is that his K rate did drop as the season progressed and his eye definitely improved. And that's one thing that I'm really impressed with of Acuna is, is his O swing, which we will get to in a second. So overall, like in terms of his profile for batting average, he doesn't necessarily have the contact skills that you would see to get that high average. Same with the strikeout rate, but that BABIP is going to be elite, I think consistently, you know, 352 makes sense. Obviously, the X-Stats does not support it yet. There's a big gap there in his expected average of 28 points. So, you know, will he hit 293 next year? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe if you're projecting him, you want to bump that down into the 270 range just to be conservative. But something to consider is the possibility of that batting average not being too strong. And that is where we end any weakness that Ronald Acuna has in his profile. Uh, 366 on base percentage last year, so above league average. It was at 343 expected OBP because of the expected average being lower. So again, that's not terrific, but it is solid. 329 on base percentage. He's got the speed. We know that, uh, which is going to be a benefit to his runs per plate appearance. O-swing, 25.4%. This was really pleasant uh, to see from Acuna. He was able to adjust and get that O-swing down already into very strong territory. 31% is league average, so he's about 6% better than league average there. He's swinging at about a league average rate, and he is walking at a 9.2% rate. A lot of his uh, plate appearances, I don't have it in front of me, but I remember him batting leadoff quite a bit. And so that's one thing to consider when we look at you know uh, some of his stats moving forward, especially the runs, or I mean the RBI. Uh, 78 runs last year, 16%. Uh, runs per plate appearance. Not sure if I'm fully buying that 16% rate. Again, he did steal uh, quite a bit 
but I think it's a bit high for where uh, I would expect it to be since he doesn't have a super elite um, OBP. That'll probably trickle down a little bit. But again, you know, uh, very strong, very strong rate there. Home runs, 26 home runs, 24.3 expected home runs. So slightly outperform those expected home runs, but they do support the the power. Remember, we're talking about 487 uh, plate appearances here. Um, his um, uh, ISO, solid 259. Hard hit rate, elite 44.4%. Ground ball rate, 42.3%. Slightly below league average. Home run per fly roll rate of 21.1. As we get into his... Um, Home run metrics, you'll see why I think that that is a sustainable home run per fly ball rate for him and why actually I don't necessarily think that him having a super low ground ball rate uh, is critical to him having solid power. And that's because his hard hit fly ball rate sits at 49.6%, well above league average of 37.5%. Hard hit pulled fly ball rate, 29.5%, slightly below league average, but he is a guy who has power that does not need uh, pulled fly balls his home run spray chart is a thing of beauty. Um, I saw, um, uh, oh man, I, his name is slipping. Uh, Darren Wilman, I think, uh, MLB uh, baseball savant, who does some really cool visuals. Um, he had um, his home run spray chart, an interactive version of that, and it was just a thing of beauty. Oppo, opposite field, dead center, wherever he's got the power. 42 barrels at an 8.6 barrel per plate appearance rate. Again, elite numbers here, average home run distance of 410 feet, which is Mike Trout territory. So as you can see, he has, when he hits the ball in the air, he hits it hard, he hits it far. And I think that's why that home run per fly ball rate that's elevated is sustainable. And I also think that he's not going to be a guy who needs to have really high fly ball rates or low ground ball rates to um, generate significant home run totals. You didn't need me to tell you that, but just in case, 64 RBI at a 13.1% uh, clip. That is slightly above league average. That's pretty good for a guy who batted um, first um, for most of his plate appearances. I would expect, you know, I would love to see him batting second or third um, in the lineup. Um, you know, I will actually look it up in a little bit uh, what where he is at um, in terms of uh, batting order. But... Very solid, WOBA 388, expected uh, WOBA 362. Again, all of those expected metrics had him a little bit lower, but still solid. 16 stolen bases, 30.3 stolen base per plate appearances, 76.2% stolen base success rate, which is really a pleasant surprise for Acuna because uh, he was um, he did struggle in my, in the minor leagues with his stolen base success rate, so it's nice to see them giving him the green light there. He attempted a stolen base on 10.5% of his 200 stolen base opportunities. So overall, what you see with um, Acuna is you know there is some potential for a lower batting average. I don't think it's that low because the BABIP is going to be high, and he has been improving. So looking at his rolling average graph. He is Z contact is down a little bit uh, in terms of trend line, but pretty solid there at 80%. Um, his hard hit rate after being astronomical for much of the season was still very strong in the forties towards the end of the season uh, with his ground ball rate trickling up a little bit where he was most impressive was in that plate discipline consistently in the mid twenties um, for the last part of the season. So all very nice. As I was saying, the OBP should be solid enough. The average should be solid enough. You're looking at elite run potential because of the speed um, and getting on base and where he's batting, you know, in the lineup. Um, you know, so he had 262 plate appearances batting first, 105 batting second. Would love to see him batting consistently second in that lineup just to increase the, uh, the RBI opportunity. But, you know, we, we shall see. So solid run potential. Home runs, I think, are going to be in the 30s. Uh, he's got elite power, um, just really solid. I think the runs, uh, the RBI, should be pretty solid. It, you know, I think overall he'll get around uh, 200 runs plus RBI. It'll just depend on where he bats in the lineup in terms of what those look like, with definitely room for a ceiling there. 
and then for his stolen bases, um, you know, again, you're looking at uh, 20 to 25 stolen base potential. So 30 home runs, 20 to 25 stolen base potential, 100 plus or 200 plus runs in RBI with a uh, solid, if not very, uh, very good batting average. I am all in in terms of Acuna. You know, I may not go as high as some people have him. Um, where they're drafting him, you know, fourth after the big three. But, you know, I could see him slotting in behind Trey Turner and actually in front of J.D. Martinez. You know, maybe uh, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Jose Ramirez. Um, I haven't gotten to Christian Yelich. I will get with, to him later on the pod, but I like him up there after the big three. Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, uh, Ronald Acuna, you know, J.D. Martinez as a top eight right now. I think that looks pretty good. I just think that the speed, the power is elite. The Braves are an improving team. There's just so much to like about Acuna. And yes, we don't necessarily have the track record, but everything tells us, you know, that he wasn't just a number one prospect. There's plenty of number one prospects. There's one every year. This is a guy who at a very young age was destroying it at every level that he saw. He never really struggled outside of a couple weeks to start last season in AAA. The guy is special, and he's got an incredible floor. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him finish the season you know, in the top three in terms of fantasy producers. I don't you know, judge anybody negatively who drafts him you know, up there in that top five. He is an exciting player. He will be exciting to own. And yeah, I like Ronald Acuna a lot. Next up, we got Christian Yelich, outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers, who I absolutely love after diving into the profile. You will find out soon why that is. In the 10-2 early mock drafts, he had an average draft position of 16.2. So going uh, right there at the 1-2 turn, uh, if you're in a 15-team league, uh, into the second round, if you are in a 12-team league, Middle of the second round, if you are in a 10-team league. How was that for some analysis? Played appearance over the last three years. 651 last year. Remember, he did uh, spend some time on the DL. 695 the year before that. 659 the year before that. Uh, Batting averages 298 two years ago, 282 last year, and 326 this year. Expected averages support all three of those. Uh, 304 two years ago, 281 last year, and 328 this year. As you can see, the floor in terms of the batting average is pretty high, um, with that 282 being the low. And with two seasons, you know, one well into the 300s and one right about at 300, uh, the batting average is a real um, it's a real benefit uh, to owning uh, Yelich. And we will see that the metrics are nice. Strikeout rate below league average, 20.7% this year, pretty consistently in the high 19s uh, to high 20s in terms of strikeout rate, so below league average there. Contact rate is above league average as well, 78.9% to 77%. And his Z contact is very solid at 89.7%, about 4% above league average. So everything there in terms of the contact profile to support um, the batting average with the low strikeout rate, um, solid contact. He has he's a he's a BABIP king. Lowest BABIP is 336, 373 this year, 356 the year before that. So a lot of the skills that he has shown are all conducive to high batting average, which is obviously key. It being a scarce category, 376, 369, and 402 OBPs the last three years. 402 being the high. And of course, being the most recent season, expected on-base percentages also support that. When we take a look at the underlying skills, uh, solid O-swing, better than league uh, average, um, 28.5%. Actually, his worst of the last three seasons uh, this year in terms of his O-swing. You know, O-swing is is important for you know getting on base, having a good eye. There are some guys who um, who don't need it. And uh, Yelich obviously, you know, is doing a great job being better than league average by over 2%. During his 
peak this year, he actually had his highest O swing percentage. So um, despite that poor plate discipline during that time, he was still crushing the ball. Swing percentage is below league average, 44%. Um, His walk rate was at 10.4% this year. Uh, He's right around high 10s, high to mid 10s, low 11s for the last three years. So very consistent overall in terms of his plate discipline and his contact skills and above league average by a considerable amount in both average and OBP. His runs, he had 118 runs this year, 18.1% runs per plate appearance um, with some solid bats like Jesus Aguilar right behind him and his stolen base potential. This is nice. I think it may be a little bit elevated, um, not by a ton, you know, 402 OBP, um, but it may be a little bit elevated. And so I might expect that to fall down a little bit. 14.4% last year, 11.8% the year before that. Remember he was with the Marlins. The Marlins weren't that bad in 2017. That's before they traded uh, everybody except for JT Real Muto. So a little bit of a dip in the runs per plate appearance, but that OBP and that speed is always going to help that out, as does batting first or second in a Brewers, a nice Brewers lineup in a nice home park of Miller Park. Not to mention the fact that, you know, he gets to play games in the NL, uh, uh, in, in NL Central, which isn't necessarily known for uh, its superb pitching, i.e. the Reds. Um, and I guess the Pirates are okay. So maybe maybe I'll take that back, but... Anyways, uh, solid runs per plate appearance. I'd expect that to fall back a little bit. But remember, he was at 650 plate appearances this year. So even trimming that back a little bit, he's still in the triple digits for runs. That would be the uh, next year. If he does it, it'll be the third consecutive year he's done that. Now, the real question that folks are going to have is about the power. 36 home runs this year, 31.8 expected home runs um, for this season as well. So he didn't quite reach that 36 threshold, but he did have about 32 expected home runs, which is terrific. Obviously, it's a big jump for Yelich, and he relied on a really high home run per fly ball rate of 35%, a career higher at least over the last three years, 23.6% home run per fly ball rate. Girl, you have great timing. Um, my ads are playing in the background. Uh, thank you to whatever website is playing ads uh 23.6 home run per fly ball rate two years ago um 15.3 last year when he saw his lowest home run total of 19 or 18 uh, after 21 the year before that some of the things that i love about yelich huge gains in his hard hit rate 47.6 percent very elite number there that is a 12 percent increase from last year and over 9% more than uh, two years ago. His ground ball rate was also down 4% uh, from previous years. And where he really, really, really shows just incredible elite ability is he doesn't hit a lot of fly balls, but damn, he hits them hard. A 67% hard hit fly ball rate now, you may think, oh, you know, league average is 37.5%. So he more than doubled the league average for hard hit fly ball rate. You may be saying, ah, well, you know, a one hit wonder. Two years ago, 60.7%. Even last year, 40.7%, still above league average. But over the last three years, he is just crushing fly balls. When he hits the ball in the air, he hits it with incredible authority, unlike anyone else um, in baseball, really, in terms of his hard hit fly ball rate. Um, over that period of time. That helps support uh, the elite home run per fly ball rate. A lot of people will say, oh, it's not sustainable. I don't think the 35% is sustainable, but he is going to sustain a very, if, if his skills maintain as they have for a number of years, he is going to have a, a home run per fly ball rate that is well above uh, 20%. He doesn't even pull the ball. Hard hit pulled fly ball rate, 17.4%. Also in the teens, the two years before that, so about half of his hard hit pulled fly ball rate, he just crushes the ball. His barrels per plate appearance is way up, 8.8% this year, 57 of them, compared to 4.7% last year and 6.5% the year before that. And his home runs aren't jokes, 407 feet home run average, about 10 feet above league average in terms of his average home runs, home run rate. 
What is really intriguing about Yelich, which I will get to um, in a second when we dive into his rolling average graph, is he just saw a surge of hard hit rate and fly ball rate um, towards the end of last year, which is super intriguing because if he could get that fly ball rate up while maintaining the hard hit fly ball rate or any thing resembling that hard hit hard hit fly ball rate then then the home runs the 30 could be you know a pretty consistent thing for him if i was being on the conservative side um if we take hit the average hard hit or home run per hard hit fly ball rate for yelich he um of 33 percent compared to the uh uh over 40 percent that he had this year um then you're looking at 23 home runs i think that's it would be a conservative estimate but i do think you know expecting in the mid 20s um, you won't you won't be hurt uh, if he does underproduce, but I do think that there was no there's there's nothing um, uh, that wasn't legit about his thirty home runs 30, 30 plus home runs last year. That was not a fluke. Um, it was supported by the expected home runs. Maybe not that thirty six, but thirty two. You know, I'll take it with a three hundred batting average. Uh, going to his RBI, he had 110 last year, a 16.9% uh, RBI per plate appearance, well above league average of 12.5%. Again, and this is above anything he's done before, although he did have 14.9% um, in uh, 2016. You know, even if that drops down a little bit and he's able to hit that 650 plate appearance mark, we're still looking close to or at triple digits especially if he bats more in that two-hole behind Lorenzo Cain. Um, that is just a really nice position uh, for him to be in, especially if he keeps that added power. Power is always helpful for um, knocking in those, uh, those runs. Now, where, for me, Yelich becomes incredibly elite is the 22 stolen bases this year. With that batting average, with the power potential, and those stolen bases... This, for me, puts him at number four. When you look at guys across baseball, the only guys who can really consistently do, you know, 20 stolen bases, 30 home runs, and a 300 batting average, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and Jose Ramirez for me. And I think you have to add Yelich to the conversation. So I don't see a reason why not to draft him after the big three. You know, I think... There's obviously questions. This is probably, I won't say it's a career year for him. I don't think he's going to necessarily replicate what he did last year. But, you know, okay, give me 20 stolen bases, 25 home runs, and a 300-plus batting average with, you know, triple-digit runs in RBI. I'll take it. Um, 22 stolen bases, that's a 3.4% stolen base per plate appearance. That's his highest total of the last three years up from 2.3% last year. But remember, he goes to the Brewers, and the Brewers don't mind stealing. He's also an elite... He's got elite number for stolen base success rate, 84.6%, 88.9% last year. He's going to keep stealing bases if he's going to be successful doing it, which is really, really great um, for the Brewers. They were... Um, I think that's... Is that Fangraphs that's doing it? I've got so many tabs open. Who God knows... Um, uh, if you couldn't hear again, there was an ad that started to play um, uh, while I was while I was talking. Uh, that aside, uh, back 302 uh, stolen base opportunities, 270 last year. Attempted a stolen base at 8.6% of the time, which is up from 6.7% last year. Again, there's nothing that really points towards any type of. Uh, decrease in his stolen base rate. The Brewers like to steal. They were good. He continued to steal. You know, maybe batting second, he might, um, uh, for the full season, he might steal a little bit less, but I don't see a reason why to rein him in if he is stealing at an 85% clip. Uh, I like him to steal 20 bases uh, once again. When we look at his rolling average graphs, um, this is where there's just a lot um, again, towards the end of last season, he just uh, totally mashed. I'm waiting for it to um, uh, to load here. Maybe I should close some tabs. Very consistent Z contact, right around that uh, 88% uh, rate that he's at. Again, he did have an increase in his O swing to above, slightly above 30%. Again, no problem at all. It was as low as um, 21%. 
uh, for the first half of the season, over 40 game rolling average, high uh, mid three, mid thirties back down to the low uh, or to the high twenties in terms of his O swing. So that's solid. The fly ball rate though, crept up to over 30% over his last 40 games that coincided with a close to 50% hard hit rate uh, for a lot of the uh, second half of the season. All of that just shows you, you know, this is a guy who he went on an incredible run. Um, and, you know, the the peak of it may not necessarily be, you know, sustainable over the course of a full season, but, you know, he can do it. And he's got all the skills to be an incredible um, asset uh, to folks' fantasy baseball teams. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down a little bit for folks. I'm going a little bit long on this segment, but a lot of people are going to have questions about the home runs for Christian Yelich. And so what I want to say is the hard hit fly ball rate is just elite. He has four years out of his six with a 60 plus percent hard hit fly ball rate. One of those other years was 58.9%. I really think 2017 was a outlier for him. Um, that's the only time that he wasn't close to 60% for hard hit fly ball rate. That is nuts. That is, uh, really, really strong. When we look at his home run per fly, um, uh, ball rate over those years, um, you know, uh, uh, 33%, uh, last year. Um, again, he had a year of 22.5%. It is a little bit elevated. Um, but I think if we, um, uh, when we look at the overall number of hard hit fly balls that he hit, this is where I just love the end of his season for him. So the number of hard hit fly balls that um, he hit last year in the last two months of the season, check this out. Um, so last year by month, number of hard hit fly balls hit eight, 12, nine, seven, then we get to August and September when we saw that huge spike, or not huge spike, I mean up to 30% fly ball rate, 18 in August, 15 in September, October. If he would be able to sustain that number um, across you know, a full season, that would be nuts. Now again, you know, maybe it's not sustainable um, at that level, um, but even by month, like when we look at his monthly hard hit fly ball rate, um, that last month was 65.2%. The month before that was 72%, right? So these are really high numbers, but they're not astronomical compared to his 67% and his 60% consistently over the years. So if he's able to do that for a full season, watch out. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm not going to expect that he's going to do that. That's not going to be in my projection. I'll have him somewhere in the mid, maybe, you know, a little bit high 20s, but you know, there are Christian Yelich is unique. He hits the ball super hard in the air, and that's not something that you're necessarily going to consider when you look at the guy, when you look at his frame, um, when you when you just consider the player and who he has been. But it's something that he does, and so if he is able um, to elevate that um, that fly ball rate and maintain the hard hit fly ball rate, um, then look out. You are going to have a very, very special season um, once again for Yelich. So to summarize, for me right now in my rankings, I have Yelich number four. I just think that he is one of the, he's got a solid four, floor because of the, the good batting average, the stolen bases, the power, the lineup, the situation. Everything is solid. The floor is very solid. I see very little risk in drafting Christian Yelich. And he's just one of few guys who can really, truly contribute um, elite production across the board in average. Maybe not elite in home runs, but elite in stolen bases, the two categories that you really want with elite run and RBI potential. That's why I have Christian Yelich ranked fourth number one in my ra- uh, right now in my rankings. And I just saw on Twitter, Nicholas Sackett just uh, posted that uh, he just went second in one of the first draft championship, uh, 15-team leagues in the NFBC. So other people are thinking the same thing. I have Yelich number four. Um, Yeah, just love the guy. 
That is going to wrap it up for episode 32 of the Batflip Crazy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. To summarize, we covered Alex Bregman, owner of many uh, baseball skills, still very young, incredibly talented, going at a maybe a slightly too high average draft position for me. Um, that's not to say I think he's going to be terrible value there. I think he's got an incredibly solid profile. He's a safe pick towards the back end of the first round. Just not sure if I'm going there because I just I want that speed and that batting average um, so bad if I'm drafting at that point in the draft. Um, one thing to consider, Ronald Acuna, love him as well. He's in my top seven right now. Maybe that'll change. Maybe I'll get a little bit more conservative as the year progresses or as we get closer to fantasy drafts. But for now, I just love the speed, power, potential. Um, I just love the whole the whole four out of the five package, and I think the fifth, more likely than not, is going to be uh, solid as well. And finally, Christian Yelich, my fourth-ranked player right now. I just love what he's giving you. I love the floor. I love the ceiling. And just love, love, love with Christian Yelich. So... Not sure whether you will agree or not. Definitely hit me up in the comments or, or in the replies. Let me know what you think. Um, would just love to. Uh, it's been really cool. I've, I've, because of the holiday uh, on Monday, I was able to post some things to Twitter. I just haven't gotten the chance with focusing on the podcast. And it's been great to engage with people and just to go back and forth. It feels like fantasy baseball season again, even though it isn't. So hit me up. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know what you think of... Uh, my ranking so far, whether you disagree, whether you agree, whether you have questions about it, would love to hear from you. As always, you can reach me at BatFlipCrazy on Twitter. That is the best place to reach me. Thank you so much for listening. Best of luck with all your fantasy baseball research and be kind to one another.